Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the true story of Drew Peterson. A police sergeant who has a way with women. His wife, Kathleen. She was a knockout. Feisty Italian uh, girl. And a scandalous affair. He was very proud to be dating a high school age girl. Getting off on his ability to please her. That drives three people to the edge. She comes charging out of the house like a bull. Her hair is matted with blood ends in tragedy. She wanted to hurt him. It wasn't about the money, she wanted to hurt him. Beware, extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. It's 2001 in Bolingbrook, Illinois, a town on the outskirts of Chicago. It's a bedroom community in the, in the Chicago area. You know, a blue-collar community. It's a quiet, suburban town. You know, not a lot of crime. You, not a lot going on, period, you know. Drew Peterson is a sergeant with the Bolingbrook Police Department. Drew looked like a um, typical cop. Probably about two, you know, 200 pounds, a little bit heavy. You know, a wise guy type of attitude. He was just sort of more uh, a patrol sergeant. He spent a lot of time in his car. He lives with his wife, Kathleen, and their two young sons. She uh, was a knockout. Just a very beautiful girl. Feisty Italian uh, girl. Hi. How was your day? Awesome. How was yours? Drew and Kathleen met on a blind date. She liked his confidence. She liked his willingness to, to take care of her. The enterprising police officer works hard to support his family's comfortable lifestyle. 
taking on a range of other jobs. Drew was a hustler. He worked a lot of places. He owned a lot of businesses. He taught karate, he had a wedding photography business. He was a chimney sweep business. He had a printing business. Kathleen stands loyally by her husband's side, keeping their lives on track. It looked like they had a very stable marriage and, and family and lifestyle. After years of hard work, Drew and Kathleen appear to have it all. But as the couple nears their 10th anniversary, the foundations of their marriage are beginning to crumble. Drew is spending more time on the night shift and disappearing during the day, leading Kathleen to suspect that her husband is having an affair. Kathleen had told friends and, and family that Drew wasn't faithful during their marriage. She overlooked that for, for many years. Her suspicions aren't unfounded. Drew has been divorced twice before with a child from his first marriage. Drew really is a relationship kind of guy. And before he leaves one relationship, he likes to make sure he has another relationship going on. Some describe him as a serial cheater. Although Kathleen has a hunch, she has no proof that there's anything going on. But the truth is far worse than she could have imagined. It starts one night when Drew is out on patrol and responds to a disturbance at a hotel. Excuse me, ma'am. The call was made by the hotel's teenage receptionist, Stacy Kales. Drew Peterson met Stacy while she was working as the overnight desk clerk at a hotel in Bolingbrook. He went there ostensibly to make sure everyone was safe. Drew and his partner check the premises and reassure Stacy they haven't found anything amiss. But the officer does notice something else which requires his urgent attention. Do you have a boyfriend? When Stacy met Drew, she was 17 years old and she looked every bit the 17-year-old. She was sort of, you know, wide-eyed. I mean, she was a girl. Drew strikes up a conversation with Stacy. She's immediately drawn in by his confidence and charm. I'm sure for Stacy, Drew appeared like this knight in shining armor who came in and saved the day. Nice to meet you, Stacy. And there's something very sexually appealing about that. In spite of a nearly 30-year age difference, Drew and Stacy have instant chemistry. He was uh, flattered that this very attractive, very young woman was coming on to him. It's, it's a flattering thing. Before heading back out on patrol, Drew tells Stacy he wants to see her again, and she agrees. Stacy. Although she doesn't know it, this chance encounter has just changed the course of her life. Days later, Drew makes an excuse to Kathleen and goes to meet Stacy. He tells her all about his successful businesses and extravagant lifestyle, but he also paints a grim picture of his home life. Drew told Stacy that his marriage was over. He was living in the basement because he was no longer in a true marriage. Stacy empathizes with Drew's loneliness and finds herself opening up to him. Stacy Kales came from a very troubled home. If she had no home, really, when she met Drew, her mother had addiction problems and vanished. Her father wasn't much of a father by anyone's account. Stacy and her siblings raised themselves for, for the most part. 
the end of the date, Stacy is smitten. You know, Drew paid a lot of attention to her from what he told me. You know, he, he was charming, according to him. He was taking care of her and flirting with her and recognizing her. That was probably like all the characteristics she ever looked for in a guy, a man who was older, who would attend to her and take care of her. And for Drew, he finds this young, attractive woman who finally is gonna treat him the way he deserves to be treated, like this hero who's coming in to save the day. Drew wants to see more of Stacy. And although she has concerns about his wife, he convinces her that the marriage is dead. Now, thoroughly infatuated with each other, they begin a passionate affair. By all accounts, it happened very quickly, um, Stacy and Drew getting together. She doesn't know any better at that point in her life. For Stacy, it's a new and thrilling experience to be with an older man, and she can't get enough of Drew. When Drew is having sex with Stacy, he's probably really getting off on his ability to please her. And he's also falling in love with himself as he's playing this role of hero who's going to save this damsel in distress. Before long, the middle-aged police officer is utterly hooked on his gorgeous teenage lover. Drew begins seeing Stacy every chance he gets and showering her with expensive gifts. I got you something. She was his new target, I guess, the next woman in his life, and he showed her a lot of attention. He bought her a lot of things. Do you like it? I love it. After years of neglect, Stacy feels like she finally has someone who can take care of her. He ended up putting Stacy up in an apartment. He bought her a car, took her on trips. I believe Stacy saw a stability. Drew's charismatic personality. He was funny, he was exciting. It's a pretty um, irresistible thing for a young lady. With someone like Stacy, he would have sort of the upper hand always in the relationship. She would be dependent upon him for everything. The harder Drew falls for Stacy, the less concerned he becomes about keeping the affair a secret. One night, Drew brings Stacy to his home and asks her to follow him to the basement. At first, Stacy is hesitant, but she soon gives in to his demands. Drew wasn't exactly keeping his relationship with Stacy under wraps. The only person that matters to Drew is Drew. Whether it feels good to Drew, whether Drew wants it, I mean, that is really who this man is at the end of the day. But this isn't just a case of sneaking around an empty house. Kathleen and the couple's two children are asleep upstairs. He had Stacy coming back to his house while his wife was asleep, having a relationship with her in the basement of the house while his family was sleeping upstairs. The possibility of getting caught only seems to excite Drew more. Being willing to sneak your teenage lover into your family home while your wife and kids are sleeping to have sex in a basement. I think that really describes Drew and his feelings of entitlement. He felt he should be able to do this. I don't think Drew wanted to keep it a secret because he was very proud of it. I think he was very proud to be dating a high school age girl at the age of 47. But Drew is playing with fire, and soon he'll have to deal with the dramatic fallout from his exciting new relationship. In October 2001, Kathleen is at home when she receives an anonymous letter. 
It was not a secret in Bolingbroke that he was dating a 17-year-old, and, and that's how the letter ends up in Kathleen Savio's mailbox, telling her that she's become the laughing stock of the town. The letter goes into detail about Drew and Stacy's affair. To her horror, it even describes the two having sex under her own roof. Kathleen was not aware that Drew was sleeping with teenage girls in the basement of their house, no matter how dead their marriage may have been, because she supposedly lost it. She just went through the ceiling with anger. Kathleen is infuriated that her husband of 10 years has humiliated her so publicly. And Drew's carefree times with Stacy are about to come to a screeching halt. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Four 
47-year-old police sergeant Drew Peterson is having an illicit affair with a gorgeous teenager named Stacy. He was very proud to be dating a high school-age girl. But his wife, Kathleen, has just found out about his cheating. And she's furious. I think it was a shock that he was cheating on her with a 17-year-old. And I think it was humiliating to be confronted with the fact that everybody in town knows your business. As soon as Drew arrives home from his night shift, Kathleen confronts him. What is this? Read it. Kathleen wasn't going to let Drew get away that easily. She had raised his two sons. He had reciprocated by humiliating her publicly by dating a 17-year-old. Drew reacts to that with kind of a haughty dismissiveness, not engaging with her, not apologizing, not telling her that he loves her. He's just basically devaluing her as she's confronting him. Drew doesn't bother to deny what's been going on and immediately packs his bags. Drew did move out right after she received the letter. Um, it sort of sent the divorce proceedings into overdrive. Kathleen knows it will be a struggle to agree on a divorce settlement with Drew. I just got the papers from Drew. When she thinks about what he's been doing behind her back, she refuses to consider any compromise arrangement. No, he is not going to do this to me. Kathleen was no dummy. She knew exactly what Drew had, and she also knew exactly how to stick it to Drew. So part of sticking it to Drew was taking his money. Kathleen is, is nobody's fool. She has a, you know, bookkeeping background. She knows what money is coming in. Kathleen has a really strong sense of financially um, where they're at and legally what she believes belongs to her. And she's dead set on getting her due. I want to hit him hard. I want at least two of those businesses. I'm not kidding. She wanted to hurt him. It wasn't about the money. She wanted to hurt him. I think whatever she got, she would never have been satisfied. Drew knows the divorce will take time to settle. And he's not willing to wait for it. Instead, he and Stacy decide to take their relationship to the next level and move in together. They find the perfect house right down the street from Kathleen. They're living within a half mile of each other on the same street. He really doesn't mind sticking it to Kathleen by saying, I'm moving in with what you should have been to me. She's young. She treats me like a hero. This is what you should have been like all along, Kathleen. Drew tells Stacy he wants to get married, but until Kathleen agrees to a divorce, his hands are tied. Stacy begins to resent Kathleen for preventing her from marrying Drew. Kathy's making it difficult. Stacy wants to move on. I think Stacy believed uh, everything Drew told her about Kathleen. She bought into it all and sort of looked at Kathleen as the person who was standing between peace for, for Drew and Stacy. Convinced that Kathleen is trying to sabotage her relationship, Stacy decides to send a message about just how angry she is. And now that they're neighbors, it's not hard to do. There was a lot of animosity, not just between Drew and Kathleen, but Stacy was also involved, supposedly, you know, flipping off Kathleen as she rollerbladed by her house. Kathleen is enraged by the bold teenager, 
and a bitter rivalry develops between the two women. Stacy would be out in the front yard, sunbathing in a bikini, and it was constantly in Kathleen's face. She was always reminded that her husband had left her for somebody younger and really old enough to be his daughter. The neighborhood becomes a battleground where they regularly face off. Kathleen and Stacy despised each other. They were enemies. I mean, they uh, antagonized one another. They called each other terrible names. I mean, it's really normal to look at the other woman and say to yourself, what does she have that I don't have? Why is he choosing her over me? And how did she get what was mine? It's this feeling of insecurity and feeling like this other woman has something going for her that you don't. Both are convinced that the other is watching them, waiting for one false move that could influence the divorce. I would assume she hated Stacy. I, I couldn't see how she wouldn't. She's left with two children after a 10-year marriage, and her husband's down the street with a teenage girl. As the tension between them grows, a confrontation becomes inevitable. One afternoon, Drew and Stacy go to Kathleen's house to pick up his sons for a routine visit. It began with Stacy filming the custody exchange between Kathleen and Drew, and Kathleen noticed that that was her camera actually filming this, this custody exchange. That's my video camera. Infuriated that Stacy is invading her privacy, Kathleen goes on the offensive. She comes charging out of the house like a bull. I want my video camera back. Give it to me. And you're not taping this. Don't it's take ridiculous. It from Don't take it from me. Come on. The two women got in an altercation. No, she's not allowed to. This, this is, is not my house. And you're not videotaping you just need to this. Calm down. Totally I, I don't Give me the camera. Drew, who was not on duty, grabbed Kathleen. Drew! Threw her down into the ground, forced her face down. And that just sort of made a bad situation, you know, even worse. That's your fault. You started go. Publicly humiliated by her husband's new girlfriend, Kathleen is determined to make Drew pay financially. This epic battle of wills threatens to engulf them all until tragedy strikes and fear silences everyone. The rivalry between Drew Peterson's soon-to-be ex-wife, Kathleen, and his girlfriend, Stacy, has just boiled over into violence. She comes charging out of the house like a bull. I want my video camera back. Give it to me. Give me the camera! The two women got in an altercation. The police arrive and defuse the situation. No charges are filed, but the incident only inflames the skyrocketing tension. Drew and Kathleen have spent 10 months arguing bitterly over the divorce settlement, with no end in sight. For Stacy, it's been an agonizing wait to marry the man she loves. Drew gave the impression to Stacy that Kathleen was really stopping everything from moving forward. So I'm sure Stacy started to think about her own creative ideas to help win Drew over so that he could be hers. And in November 2002, she makes an announcement that will have a big impact on Drew and Kathleen's battle. 
18-year-old Stacy is pregnant. With a new baby on the way, the pressure builds on Drew and Kathleen to come to an agreement. Stacy couldn't be on Drew's insurance because she wasn't his wife, and Drew really needed to, to get coverage for, for Stacy. I'm sure on some level, Kathleen felt that Stacy was manipulating, and I'm sure Stacy was manipulating. I'm sure she wanted to get pregnant because she wanted to make her and Drew a legitimate family, and having a child was one way in her mind to do that. After months of fighting over their marital assets, Kathleen refuses to take anything less than what she feels she's owed. Harry, it's Kathleen. Do you remember when you... She agrees to an arrangement that delays the decision over their finances, but allows Drew to marry Stacy. Yeah, I think we should go ahead and do that. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. The judge terminated his marriage so he could marry Stacy, but set aside all the property issues, which is usually the biggest part of a divorce. The decision is delayed until April 2004. Just a few days after the divorce became final, he married Stacy in a Bolingbroke Park. For Stacy, it feels like a victory. She finally has the family she's always wanted. The baby arrives in July 2003, and for a brief moment, life appears to move on. After Drew and Stacy get married, things seem to settle down a little bit for everybody. Everyone seems to be getting along. Kathleen seems to have a new life. She has a new boyfriend. She's, you know, going out places. Um, she seems happy. But the peace won't last. The decision over Kathleen and Drew's assets is just months away, and no one is willing to back down. At the end of February 2004, Drew goes to Kathleen's house to drop off their sons after a visit. Drew went to return them on a Sunday night and knocked on the door. Kathleen! Nobody answered. So he took the kids back home and he told them perhaps he got it wrong, perhaps with the, with the holiday weekend on Monday, that he was supposed to have them one more night and that their mom had gone away. The boys are happy to spend another night with their dad. And Drew takes them back to his house. Monday goes to take them back, she still doesn't answer. Now he gets worried. Now something's wrong. He takes the kids back and he starts trying to find out what happened to Kathy. Goes over to the house, talks to the neighbors. One of Kathy's neighbors is a good friend of hers and um, dead seen her. It's completely unlike Kathleen to forget about their custody schedule. Thank you again for coming by. Drew brings a neighbor over, and they decide they need to get inside the house. A locksmith was called in to open the door, and Drew didn't want to go inside. I'm not allowed inside because of the court proceedings. Maybe you could check it out for me. Drew asked a neighbor to go in the house because he wasn't allowed in without permission. Drew waits on the front porch. Suddenly, he hears a scream from inside the house. Drew rushes into the house when he hears the scream, and he rushes upstairs. There's a woman in the tub, naked. She's curled in the tub. Her toes and feet are bent at a very strange angle, you know, as if she's struggling to get out. 
When he steps closer, he sees that it's Kathleen. It's clear from the way her body is positioned and the color of her skin that she is dead and she's probably been dead for a while. Drew immediately calls his colleagues at the local police department. He uh, takes his cell phone and calls the police and tells them my wife's dead in her bathtub. They decide, you know, this is our own sergeant's wife and they're going through this divorce. We better call in the state police so there's no conflict. When the Illinois State Police arrived, Drew Peterson told them, hey, this is my, my ex-wife. Please treat, uh, treat her with respect. It's a death investigation. It's not a crime investigation. And they do what they're supposed to do, look for signs of, you know, what is this, a suicide? Is it a homicide? Is it an accident? What is it? The technician examines Kathleen's body and the surrounding area, looking for indications of what may have happened. Everything else is intact in the room, except she's dead in a dry bathtub and her hair is matted with blood. After processing the scene and checking the house for signs of forced entry, they find no evidence of a crime. The crime scene tech decided immediately, or within a half an hour, that Kathleen Savia died accidentally, that her death was an accidental drowning. They didn't see any signs that would lead one to believe that there was a homicide. Kathleen's body is sent for an autopsy to determine the official cause of death. As part of the investigation, police conduct a series of interviews to try and find out more about Kathleen's final days. Since Drew was present when Kathleen's body was found, he's asked to give a statement. They talked to Drew Peterson in a break room at his own police station, at the Bolingbrook police station out of some sense of professional courtesy. Even though no foul play is suspected, the police asked Drew if he knew of anyone who might have wanted Kathleen dead. The state police asked Drew who stood to gain by Kathleen's death, if he stood to gain by Kathleen's death, and he told him he really didn't. I know the two of you were going through a divorce. Drew downplays his dispute with Kathleen and tells the investigators he was at home with Stacy and his children all weekend. It's a very cursory interview because they were investigating an accident. So they um, sort of let Drew dictate the tone of the, of the conversation. But when the detectives asked to speak to Stacy, Drew was hesitant, eventually insisting that they come to his home and allow him to be present during the interview. As the only person who can confirm Drew's whereabouts over the weekend, Stacy is a critical witness. So the investigators agreed to grant Drew's request, come to the house to question her. Drew sat next to her and apparently coached her with her answers, helped her answer some of their questions. When you bring people into the police station and you're interrogating them, the whole notion is to make them uncomfortable. Because if they're uncomfortable, then the police has more power and they can find out more information and they have leverage. Stacy is clearly shaken up. But Drew attributes her reaction to shock. He said that she was rattled by Kathleen's death. I just wanted to touch base about your whereabouts the night of the accident, Kathleen's accident. Stacy confirmed she was at home on the night Kathleen died, and more importantly, that she wasn't alone. She tells police that Drew was home with her um, all night long, and she doesn't waver from that. She vouched for him. 
Stacy volunteers no information about her rivalry with Kathleen. And it leaves investigators with little sense that anything suspicious might have occurred. But soon, another tragedy will befall Stacy and Drew. And from its aftermath, the harrowing truth surrounding Kathleen's death will finally emerge. Police Sergeant Drew Peterson's ex-wife Kathleen has died in what appears to be a tragic accident. They didn't see any signs that would lead one to believe that there was a homicide. A coroner's inquest is conducted to determine the official cause of death. She had blood on her hair that they later discovered was from a very serious laceration on her head. The pathologist said that was consistent with a slip and a fall in the bathtub. The autopsy later showed she uh, drowned. When Kathleen's body was found, the tub was dry. There was no water in it. The police later said that the water seeped out over time through the drain, even though the drain, the plug was down. The death is ruled an accident, and Kathleen is laid to rest. Now free from the financial commitments he was facing in his divorce, Drew is eager to move on and enjoy his life with his sons, his new wife, Stacy, and their baby. Drew's going on with his life at that point. Things look good for Drew. Three years into their marriage, Stacy has legally adopted Drew's two children and had two of her own. At this point, Stacy Peterson's 23 years old, where most people would have been, you know, maybe a year out of college, First real job, first good job. She's got four children. And while Stacy loves being a mom, her relationship with Drew has soured. What is all this? What have you been doing all morning? Over the years, he's become critical and controlling. You gotta keep it a bit cleaner. She couldn't go anywhere without him calling or texting uh, to see where she was, when she was gonna be home, who she was with marriage to Drew appears to have crushed her youthful spirit. He manages how Stacy looks, what she says, where she could go, how she spends money. Basically, he doesn't give her an opportunity to breathe or be her own person because he's so on top of her. He's becoming an old man as she becomes an adult, and I think he felt insecure about that. Drew begins to feel threatened by the age difference that once excited him. I think when you're that much older than your teenage bride, you have to wonder when is she going to start questioning the relationship and, and the age difference. And Stacy starts fantasizing about a future beyond the virtual prison of her home with Drew. But what price will she have to pay for those dreams? Stacy's life is in a rut, and in the fall of 2007, she attempts to break out. As the kids were getting older, Stacy sort of wanted something for herself. She went to community college. She wanted to become a nurse. She enjoys the classes and the chance to socialize after spending years taking care of her four children. She was reconnecting with people from her past, including the brother of an old boyfriend of hers. I'm having a good time. <laughs> but Drew tells Stacy to stay away from him. I have to go. Sorry, Drew's home. 
and begins monitoring her text messages and emails. Drew was especially overbearing and controlling when it came to Stacy and what she was saying to other people. So he really tried to monitor the situation as closely as he could. Nothing seems to alleviate Drew's anxiety. And deep down, Stacy knows that Drew is really worried about more than just her infidelity. For years, Stacy has been keeping a secret that's haunted her, but she won't keep it for much longer. Distressed at the state of her marriage, Stacy seeks out her church's pastor and asks to meet him. Drew and Stacy had gone to a, um, a large church in Bolingbrook and had begun talking with a pastor there named Neil Shorey. She called him and asked if, if they could meet to talk. When Stacy reached out to Neil Shorey, she was getting ready to leave Drew. She was ready to go. Around the same time, she met with a divorce attorney. Stacy asks him to keep their discussion confidential, and he agrees. Not long after her meeting with the pastor, Stacy makes plans with her sister and their family. On the morning of October 28, 2007, Stacy was supposed to go help family members paint a house, and she never showed up. Stacy, where are you? Cassandra is immediately concerned and calls Drew to find out where she is. But Drew claims to have no idea where Stacy might be and tells Cassandra that he's out looking for her too. After years of living in a strange relationship, Drew Peterson's fourth wife has just gone missing. And the police are left to figure out if Stacy fled her troubled marriage or fell victim to a brutal crime. Twenty-three-year-old Stacy Peterson had plans to meet her sister on the morning of October 28, 2007. She never showed up. She never called. She never told anyone she wasn't coming. Stacy, where are you? Cassandra immediately got worried. She'd been trying to reach Stacy all day on her cell phone, and Stacy's cell phone was turned off. Cassandra calls Stacy's husband, Drew, who tells her that Stacy took off. Drew said that Stacy had called, said she's found somebody else, and that she's leaving. But Cassandra isn't convinced. Immediately, the story made no sense to Cassandra. There was no way Stacy was going to leave their four kids to fend for themselves. Unable to find Stacy, her sister goes to the police. So many warning bells went off in, in Cassandra's mind that she went to the police department and, and filed a missing persons report. The report launches a massive search for Stacy, and the media quickly takes an interest in the police sergeant's young wife. Three days before Stacy Peterson was reported missing, her sister Cassandra. Amid all the searching for Stacy and all the volunteers who are out passing out flyers or combing through fields. Drew is going about Drew's life. He's raising his kids. He's becoming sort of a national pop culture figure. He's appearing on all these television shows. Investigators issue a plea for anyone with information to come forward. And just days later, they get a tip. The pastor who provided Stacy with marriage counseling contacts police. Deeply troubled by news of Stacy's disappearance, he has information which may be of use. 
He says Stacy came to see him months before she vanished, and in the strictest confidence, revealed a secret she'd been hiding for years. Stacy told Pastor Shorey that on the weekend of Kathleen's death, she awoke in the middle of the night to find Drew missing. She went downstairs and saw him putting women's clothing into their washing machine, and the clothing did not belong to her. Whose laundry are you doing right now? Nobody's. Come on. Let's go back to bed. She said that Drew was dressed all in black, and the sleeves of his black shirt were also wet. You don't have to be a rocket scientist when you look at the description. What she's saying, she's saying that Drew came home after killing Kathy. Her state of mind was terrible. Drew then coached her for hours on what police would ask her about his whereabouts that night, and he coached her to lie. Basically, Drew coached her on how to provide his alibi for the, the night of Kathleen's death. Believing that Drew killed Kathleen, Stacy lived in fear before she disappeared. It's damning evidence that focuses the investigation squarely on Drew. Drew did not get any of the courtesies that he received in, in the Kathleen Savio death investigation. They started investigating him hard. I think the Illinois State Police weren't willing to look at this as an unfortunate, unlucky turn for Drew once again. In light of the revelation, investigators decide to take a second look at Kathleen's death. They secured a court order so they could exhume her graves, dig up her body, so they can conduct additional post-mortem testing on her remains. The examination yields shocking results. Kathleen Savio had injuries on both sides of her body, as well as the back and the front, that couldn't happen in a single fall. She must have fallen numerous times and hit all these different points of her body during a series of maybe a dozen falls and not just one single fall in a bathtub. Dr. Bloom's report was that it was a homicide. Drew is now the prime suspect in his third wife's death and his fourth wife's disappearance. When was the last time you saw Stacy? Drew was questioned once again by the Illinois State Police. I think everyone in town, media and law enforcement-wise, thought it was a game changer, but Drew didn't act like it was a game changer. I mean, he continued to be sort of the cocky, spotlight-hungry jokester. Drew maintains his innocence, and investigators have their work cut out for them. They're looking at sort of an uphill battle. They only have uh, hearsay and circumstantial evidence. Months go by, and there's still no sign of Stacy. Investigators concentrate their efforts on getting justice for Kathleen, interviewing multiple witnesses in the process. And in May 2009, they finally make an arrest. He's arrested at a routine traffic stop. As they're putting him in handcuffs, he makes a joke about, oh, did I forget to return some library books? The charge was first-degree murder of Kathleen Savio, for which they set a bail of $20 million. On July 31st, 2012, over three years after his arrest, Drew Peterson goes on trial for Kathleen's murder. And Stacy's pastor is the prosecution's star witness. The prosecution had to rely on Neil Shorey to tell them what Stacy confided in him. Unable to speak on her own behalf, Stacy is given voice through the testimony of her pastor. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It helps construct what may have happened to Kathleen on the night she died. It's alleged that Drew went to Kathleen's home and attacked her, causing her traumatic injuries and eventually drowning her. He then placed her in the bathtub to make it appear as though she'd fallen. But there are conflicting reports as to what actually killed Kathleen. To this day, some of the jurors say, well, we don't know how she died. We just know that she was killed in that bathtub and Drew had the, the means and the motives. And Stacy's hearsay backed that up. The defense makes the most of the ambiguity around the manner of Kathleen's death. The defense relied upon their own scientific uh, experts who said that this could be an accidental drowning, that you can't convict Drew because we don't even know for sure if it was a murder. On September 6, 2012, after a 24-day trial and 14 hours of deliberation, Drew Peterson is convicted of first-degree murder. Drew's reaction to the verdict doesn't come as a surprise. You know, I'm sitting right next to Drew. He first turns to me and says, what are you going to do when they have a stacked deck? His reaction being, uh, it's a totally unfair process. And although Drew takes the verdict lightly, the case leaves a devastating tragedy in its wake. These kids are, are really the victims um, here, especially, you know, Kathleen Savio's two children. They lost two moms in very close uh, succession, and then saw their father go to jail. Stacy Peterson is presumed dead, but no remains have ever been recovered. Drew doesn't care really about anybody other than himself. He wants to be treated as this very important, powerful man, which is indicative of somebody who's narcissistic. Drew really is a control freak. There are a lot of things that are gonna be out of your control, that enraged him, and he dealt with that in a very dangerous and homicidal way. 